Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, uh, welcome to the show, World Soccer Radio, here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also coming to you on Sirius XM. I'm your host, Nick Eber. It is great to be with you. Uh, so much to talk about today. Uh, I've been off the air for the last week as we did some technology upgrades here in the studio. Hope you like the new sound, uh, or if you notice the new sound, I'm not sure which way that's going to go. But lots to get to today. Uh, the U.S. women uh, bow out of the Olympic gold and silver medal contention with a loss to Canada, and the U.S. men, a B team ostensibly, win the Gold Cup in my hometown of Las Vegas, uh, beating Mexico after, let's face it, being under the cosh most of the game. Lots to talk about, lots to unpack. Of course, we also have the Premier League season literally 10 days around the corner, 10 or 12 days away. Uh, it's coming, folks. It's coming sooner than you might imagine. Uh, let's talk Premier League football. Let's talk some transfer market news. That's what we are going to discuss today. I uh, hope you will stay with me throughout the show. I'd like to welcome to the show all of our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the, on the American Forces Network. It's great to be with you. And if you're on one of our digital platforms, whether that's iHeartRadio, TuneIn, the award-winning SiriusXM app, whatever it is, uh, great to have you with me. Uh, if you miss any part of this show, don't worry. You can check us out on our podcast network, the Believe Podcast Network. We're going to be available uh, for you as uh, soon as the show is over, and you can find us uh, at Believe.com or wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Apple iTunes, etc., etc., etc. Hope you'll subscribe. That way I'll be in your inbox whenever you are ready to listen, whether you're working out or traveling, or running, or, uh, you know, I don't know what you're doing. I'd rather not think. In the loo, it's a visual I can do without. So, loads to get to today. You can find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Uh, that's the best way to find me. I am here with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time, then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast on Sports Overnight America, uh, if I'm not doing studio upgrades, which are now done and dusted. All right, stick with me. Be right back after this. All right, well, welcome back to the show, World Soccer Radio, Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM, and uh, American Forces, iHeartRadio TuneIn, award-winning Sirius XM app, yada, yada, yada. You can find me on Believe.com. Uh, you know where to get me. Some big upsets, serious big upsets, both in the Gold Cup. Not so much that the U.S. made it to the final not sure how much of an upset that was, but certainly that they won it. And, of course, in Olympic women's soccer, the big upset was the victory of, or the defeat, I suppose, is the way to put it, right, uh, of the U.S. in the semifinals doing away with 
any hope they may have had of getting a gold. Now, they didn't get gold actually last time at the uh, at the Olympics. So uh, if you were betting, if you're a betting man or woman, I know you probably placed some bets. These were favorites and, and you know, it, it was all looking good and, you know, there were some decent numbers. If I remember correctly on the U.S. team, it was plus money all the way around, even though they were big favorites uh, to win. But you would have been disappointed. And that's why, you know, that's why we love, um, that's why we love, you know, sports betting. Because you never know what happens. Sports, the ultimate reality show. But look, when I bet on sports, the place that I go is betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. I have been using betonline.ag for some time. Uh, a number of years, even before. Actually, they were title sponsors of this show. And I can tell you, uh, never had problems getting money in, never had problems getting money out. Plus, the range of options they have for you at Online are enormous, whether it's uh, baseball, basketball, hockey, American football, uh, all the soccer you want, whether it's MLS or Premier League or Liga en Serie blah, blah, you get it. They've got everything you might want at betonline.ag, including all the Olympic sports and darts and wrestling and, uh, you know, UFC. And, I mean, they've got everything, boxing. They've got, you name it, snooker. I mean, I can just go on and on. Right now, if you head over to betonline.ag and sign up today, fund your account, they'll give you a 50% bonus on your first deposit. That's right. You heard me right. A 50% bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. Head over there right now and make them your online sportsbook experts. And I do like to tell you, if you're going to bet on sports, just you know, make it your pastime and not a lifestyle, and then you'll have a lot more fun. Make it, uh, you know, your entertainment dollars. Okay, um, transfers abounding. We have lots to talk about in the transfer world. Uh, Man City are making uh, desperate attempts to sign Harry Kane for Tottenham. Harry Kane, who has not yet shown up at Tottenham training camp. You have to believe that something is in the works. It is being reported that Manchester City's last bid for Harry Kane was £40 million short of the £160 million asking price. Therefore, you can do the math. Uh, City offered £120 million for Kane. And, and, I, and I think back to the uh, really funny saga, if you remember, at Liverpool when Arsenal were trying to sign Luis Suarez and had heard that his release clause was £40 million and £1. So they offered £40 million and one pound in order to hopefully trigger the release clause. Uh, of course, that was BS, and Suarez ended up staying at Liverpool for an, another year, and as promised, he, he got his sort of dream move to Barcelona uh, afterwards. But in the meantime, we're not talking about Suarez, we're talking about Harry Kane. So that is interesting. I mean, you have to think uh, that Kane is going to be gone. He doesn't want to stay at Tottenham anymore. And right now, uh, for example, they're being linked with uh, Dusan Vlahovic from um, where is he at right now? I'm trying to look. Oh, he's at Fiorentina. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Vlahovic from Fiorentina, who is uh, 44 million pounds. Um, that would be a you know that would be a, a really good signing for them. 
Uh, would that be a Harry Kane replacement? I don't think so. But you know, again, you know, you can't really replace a player like Harry Kane. It's going to take uh, a number of players to, at the end of the day, actually uh, kind of round out your squad so that you can get back those goals. Let's move along, shall we? Chelsea, uh, they've been trying to sign Romelu Lukaku. They just had a bid rejected. They haven't given up hope. They are still uh, uh, trying to hit up into Milan. They did make a £85 million bid for Lukaku that was rejected by Inter, and they are coming back to it. Uh, Barcelona going to announce uh, exactly what Messi gets with his new five-year deal. And by the way, stay tuned. This week, I will be talking to Javier Hernandez from Believe's uh, Barcelona podcast. This guy's really, really tied in. Got a lot of big questions to ask him about uh, Barcelona, so we're going to get to that. Newcastle are looking for Aaron Ramsey, trying to get him uh, back from Juventus or back and him to come back to the UK from Juventus. Uh, Man United have a year, this is the evening news reporting this, to convince Borussia Dortmund's Erling Braut Haaland to go to United. A uh, bunch of other clubs after him, Chelsea, Barcelona, Real Madrid, uh, Man City, um, and the reason that he's going to get another year there is he apparently does have a release clause of £75 million that's in his Dortmund contract. Now, my thoughts for Dortmund are, why would you not sell him for more than that today? Because if uh, Barcelona, who's going to be looking for some value signings, can pop up like a whack-a-mole next year, and get him for seventy-five million and one pound. Dortmund are going to be kicking themselves that they let him go for seventy-five million. I mean, look—if you think Harry Kane's worth one hundred and sixty, what is Erling Braut Haaland? Well, here Andrew's over here. Andrew, how much would you pay for Erling Braut Haaland? A lot, exactly, a lot, a lot more than uh, one hundred and sixty million, which is the asking price for Harry Kane. I think Harry Kane's just overpriced. Haaland's probably worth. 120, 130, he's a young guy. This it could be the future of your club. Um, United making a move for him, but, you know, I have to think they will be out-muscled financially, although we talk about that, and I'm going to, again, rub your noses in it, United supporters, you and your embarrassment of an owner uh, doing some transfer business. Uh, Villa made a second bid for James Ward-Prowse. Uh, Southampton rejecting 25 million, a bit cheeky there. Leicester, Leeds, and Everton are all looking for Marco Asensio from Real Madrid. I would imagine that Madrid will part with him for the right amount of money. Uh, Kieran Trippier, <coughs> excuse me, looks like he is going to United uh, because Atletico are lining up Alessandro Florenzi um, as a like-for-like replacement. Uh, Sheffield United trying to uh, trying to sign Ronald, uh, Ronaldo Vieira from Sampdoria. Uh, Chelsea are hoping to make an offer for uh, Kunde, <clears throat> but they are going to need to sell someone uh, before they can do that. Uh, Liverpool are saying they don't really want uh, Nicolo uh, Barea. Uh, I don't believe them. I believe they do want him, but they can't get him. But you know how that works. Uh, lots of fun stuff. Uh, Connor Cody. At Wolves, looks like he is in the works to move to Spurs with Nuno Santo. Uh, would love to get him back again. Remember, 
He's uh, Tottenham's new manager. Uh, so lots of fun stuff. Matthew Hoppy, by the way, if you watch the Gold Cup, Matthew Hoppy is a target right now of Arsenal and Everton. He currently plays with Schalke. So that's a quick uh, sort of whip around the transfer market. Um, we're going to talk about a few more things in detail. But when we come back, let's talk about the U.S. men's national team and their victory in the Gold Cup and what Greg Berhalter is doing over there with the U.S. program. This is World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Eber. I'll be right back after this. I'm Nick Eber, your host. Great to be with you as I adjust my microphone and make a lot of crunching noises in your ear. I do apologize. <coughs> and then a cough, because I'm a radio professional. I'm with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast on these very networks. If you'd like to reach out to me, if you have an opinion, a thought, a comment, if you think I'm a complete dick, uh, or I'm the greatest thing on earth, let me know. Twitter, at McGeeber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. So I was looking forward to heading over to the Legion Stadium on Sunday uh, to see the Gold Cup final between the United States and Mexico, the U.S. beating Qatar in what was, let's face it, a- an awful bloody game. I mean, to say that the U.S., eked their way into the Gold Cup final is an understatement. But make it to the Gold Cup final, nevertheless, they did. So I was hoping to go see the U.S. play Mexico, and then I looked at the tickets, and they were $350 apiece minimum. I'm just going to repeat that. $350 apiece minimum for these tickets. Now, I'm just a humble radio host. You know, I have kids. I have a 12-year-old. I have, you know, girlfriend. I have people I would like to take other than just me. So, I mean, I'm looking at spending a minimum of thirteen to $1,500 to see the U.S. play Mexico at the Gold Cup at Allegiant Stadium. So, you know what I did? <clears throat> I stayed home and watched it on telly because I'm a cheap bastard. I don't know what to say. But anyway, um, a... Interesting game because the U.S. were outplayed through most of that game by Mexico. Mexico, who seemed to lack any sort of finishing touch whatsoever. Uh, The U.S., for much of the game, uh, the few times that they did threaten the Mexico goal, also seemed to be lacking any type of uh, finishing touch. It went into extra time. The U.S. scored one goal to nil and won it, and off we go. Uh, Look, in CONCACAF, there are really just two powerhouses. It's the U.S. and it's Mexico. Right now, I would say the U.S. is on the ascendancy, uh, beating Mexico for the Nations League title, uh, beating Mexico for the Gold Cup title this year. And by the way, Greg Bohalter basically playing 
two separate squads, a totally different one for qualifying and for the Nations League, and then a, a primarily U.S.-based and youth squad, younger squad, uh, for the Gold Cup. Remember, the U.S. was not in the Olympics, at least the men's team weren't, so there was no question of sending the on to 23, so they were available. So look, I know Berhalter has taken a lot of stick for this, but actually I thought this was really a gutsy move by Greg Berhalter, and one that has paid off for him in droves. Yes, it was an ugly tournament. Yes, the competition was not great. And the U.S. struggled at times to get results that one would have expected. I use the match against Qatar as, uh, you know, an example. But... Greg Bolter's plan paid off. I mean, it took the U.S. some time to beat Qatar. It took Yassi Gazardis coming out in the 80th minute. It took one of his experienced players uh, to come out and get the goal. By the way, much kudos to, to Qatar, who I thought really played very well throughout this tournament. And it should be uh, nice to see them at the World Cup in their homeland next December. And I love the fact they were invited to the Gold Cup. I've had this discussion with people online. I think it's terrific, by the way. But the U.S. looked second best to Mexico, but they stuck in there. They stayed with it. And, you know, there is a point when your team is too young and dumb to realize when they're beat. And, and that is really what happened here. This team believed in themselves. As long as that score was in reach, they were not going to quit trying. And that has pretty much been a trademark of u.s teams men and women we're going to get to that in a second uh as you know going back to the 2002 world cup remember u.s portugal luis figo coming out the u.s vast underdogs and surprise surprise they didn't roll over and play dead and there's lessons there to be learned but against mexico against a much more experienced squad arguably End-to-end, uh, -end, more talent, arguably, on that Mexico team. They stayed in it. They stayed in the game. And at the end of the day, they got the result and they got the win. Now, um, I have said all along that I didn't feel that Greg Berhalter was uh, needing to be replaced. I said I didn't think he was the greatest manager in the world. I felt he was kind of learning on the job. Uh, but, you know, uh, like, what, do you want another Bruce Arena? You want another Jurgen Klinsmann? If you want someone that knows about the program, not by playing lacrosse like Blue Serena, or not by playing in Europe like Jurgen Klinsmann, if you want someone that knows the U.S. system in and out, someone who's come through that system themselves, and Berhalter is the guy. And I think he has his finger on the pulse of the mentality of the American national team players, senior and youth, by the way. And for that regards, and for that reason, I think Berhalter's results back-to-back -back have been nothing short of a masterclass of overperformance from the manager. 
he is a guy that has managed to squeeze the maximum out. You know, I've, I've said this on the show before. My dad used to say to me, oh, you know, you want to get a 100-horsepower job to do a 100-horsepower engine. Well, you know what? Greg Berhalter has been an expert in getting a 100-horsepower engine to max out at 100 horsepower and get you the job it needs to do. And that is to his credit, and that is to the credit of U.S. soccer, who has stood by him. And yes, he's been delivering the results, so why would they replace him? But he's, he's not a sexy guy. I mean, that's not a sexy name. You know, sponsors aren't lining up because Greg Berhalter is just the, the, the head coach of the U.S. national team. He's not a guy whose ego comes before the ego of the team, like a Bruce Arena or a Jurgen Klinsmann. And for that reason, I congratulate Greg Berhalter and the U.S. national team. I am looking forward to seeing World Cup qualifying. Uh, I believe they will qualify without a problem. I mean, part of this is, you know, in, in, in point of fact, that CONCACAF is a really, really crappy confederation. I, I was just discussing this. I mean, it is a really, really, really crappy confederation. I mean, you've got the U.S., you've got... Mexico, you've got Canada occasionally, depending on if they wake up or not, or if they have anyone that's any good. And certainly you have other, you know, Costa Rica every now and then. Panama kind of uh, raises its, its head every now and then. Uh, but on the whole, this is a pretty crappy confederation. Now, that's no one's fault, and that's not in any way, shape, or form a criticism of the U.S. national team. It's just a fact. You can only play people in your confederation. You can only play the people that you put in front of. I mean, uh, you know, it is what it is. But if you look at, say, CONMEBOL, which is not a crappy confederation, and you look at CONCACAF, which is, but has some big powerhouses, emerging powerhouses of football, certainly in the U.S., Mexico already there, you have to ask yourself, why would we not be looking at a merger of CONMEBOL and CONCACAF? Because you're going to have about the same amount of teams as UEFA currently has. You could do away with the Gold Cup, or you could keep, keep it as, a, uh, as an America's North and an America's South. You could do sort of, you know, uh, like some of these college federations do, you know, where they have sort of an East and a West division. You could do a North and a South division. But at the end of the day, the Gold Cup could be, uh, not the Gold Cup, excuse me, Copa America could truly be a Copa America. Where you can bring in all of the teams. You can have a massive set of playoffs. And yeah, you could do it regionally for sure. Or you could do it on a ranking basis, or you could have the Gold Cup as kind of the B tournament and Copa America as the A tournament, and then you have the Nations League. I mean, there's a whole <clears throat> range of ways that you could do it, right? Not need, not you know, not least of which would be say you could bring clubs into Copa Libertadores. I mean, it would be to the benefit of everybody. And I know I'm getting off track here, but that's kind of what I was thinking <clears throat> as I was watching the Gold Cup tournament unfold. Uh, because really, it was like, you know, after watching the Euros and watching the Gold Cup, uh, you know, it's almost like you're watching two separate games. Again, not a criticism of the U.S. team. They can only play who they are put up against. Love to know what you think. Twitter, twatter, twitter, twitter, twitter me, twatter me. Reach out, flatter me. 
You can find me at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I'd love to hear from you. We are presented by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Just literally 10, 12 days before the Premier League season kicks off again. I know I am absolutely thrilled, but not this Friday, but the following Friday. And then my team, Liverpool, playing Norwich at Carrow Road. But, you know, we'll look at the schedules we go through this week. We're going to start to run through a complete uh, Premier League preview. We are, I'm coming to you on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM. I'm going to step aside, take a break, and I'll be right back with a discussion of the U.S. women right after this. All right, welcome back. World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM, as well as uh, iHeartRadio. Tune in the award-winning Sirius XM app. We are talking to all of our men and women in uniform around the world as well on the American Forces Network. And if you miss any part of the show, never fear. You can catch us on our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, podcast network. Uh, catch us there And uh, in case you should be missing out on any of the previous shows or this show or you know whatever you you get my drift right uh all right uh we are presented to you by betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts we have a lot to get to this segment because i want to talk about the u.s women's national team eliminated from the olympics by a loss to canada now That in and of itself shouldn't be uh, too too much of a shock. Well, maybe it is. But what's been interesting to me watching the fallout from the loss is the sort of shock that the U.S. didn't make it to the gold medal round and didn't win. And sort of the U.S. national, women's national team, uh, you know, should win every game they play and they should uh, absolutely, uh, you know, um, dominate and uh, this, that, and the other. The fact of the matter is, if you watch the Olympics, if you watch the women play at the Olympics, as I think uh, many of many of you did, you would have been disappointed with how they fared against opposition such as Australia, which was a nil-nil draw. Uh, They did beat 6-1 New Zealand, 6-1. So let's, let's go back and just take a look at the results. They started off with a 3-0 loss to Sweden. I mean, a loss in which they looked out of ideas, they looked completely um, toothless, and Sweden dominated and gave them a good spanking, a 3-0 winning. Then they got to face, you know, one of the poorer teams in the tournament, New Zealand, and they beat them 6-1. And everyone's thinking, oh, they're back, they're back, life's grand. But you know... (coughs) The next game should have said everything it needed to say. A nil-nil against Australia 
which was, to be fair, a snooze fest and a half. A 2-2 against the Dutch, a good team, where they win it in penalties. And then a loss to Canada, 1-0. The point I'm going to make to you here is, of the, what, the five matches they played at the Olympics, they only won one of them. They only actually won one match in regulation. One out of six is a pretty appalling number. And, and, and what, is this, what is this telling me? First of all, I'm not going to blame the coach. He's a new manager. He's a new guy in charge. But, you know, he's playing players like a 38-year-old Carly Lloyd. Now, look, <clears throat> Megan Rapino and Carly Lloyd and these guys are legends of the game, and they have done uh, so much to grow the sport of women's football and so much to bring glory to the U.S. women's national team over the years. But there does come a point when you've got to say, you know, we are in a rebuilding mode, and we have to rebuild. Let me tell you what these guys have done. In many respects, the success of the U.S. women's national team over the years and the dominance of the U.S. women's national team over the years ending up with a cadre of players the likes of Carly Lloyd and Megan Rapinoe, etc., etc. Not necessarily the team you saw at the, at the Olympics. Has raised the bar so high that other countries from around the globe have taken the mantle, accepted the challenge, and elevated their game. Many of these countries have a far better footballing infrastructure than the U.S. does. And so you are seeing, I won't say this is a somehow failure of U.S. women's soccer. I look at it as the opposite. I'll tell you where, where I think they failed in a minute. But I look at this as the success of the U.S. women's national team has spawned an entire new sport of women's soccer. And over the decades has led to other countries, other federations, taking it very, very, very seriously and building a top-notch women's program. The best women's league in the world is still in the United States. And I want to draw your attention to what has happened in, for example, in Europe, where UEFA, by far the best confederation period no one's going to disagree with that right the premier league by far the best league in the world uh you know listen my Serie A friends listen my la liga friends and my bundesliga friends we can agree to disagree on many things but i'm sorry uh top to bottom the premier league is the 900 pound gorilla but it's an english premier league it doesn't mean the english national team wins everything they go to in fact as you know as you've heard you know, going to the final in the Euros was the first final they'd been in since 1966. We're seeing some of that happen here. Now, as long as we have a strong collegiate soccer program, a vibrant league, lots of young women willing to, you know, who are uh, committed to being great athletes coming through the programs, we should have enough to fill the coffers of the U.S. Women's National Team program. But we cannot be arrogant about it. And I'm sorry I was offended. 
when I hear Megan Rapinoe say, who I like, by the way, I am not a hater whatsoever, say, you know, it sucks, we should never lose to Canada. Well, I'm sorry, you did. You should never lose to Sweden. You did. Shouldn't you have done better than a draw against the Netherlands? The only result where you whomped on somebody was New Zealand, and uh, uh, and that's because, uh, let's face it, they suck. You can't fall into the CONCACAF trap. By that I mean like the U.S. men playing crappy teams like Trinidad and Tobago and the Grenadines and thinking that you're getting somewhere. And it took them a long time to learn that and learn that they have. The U.S. women have to accept the fact that they no longer have, not, not because of anything they've done, not because uh, they're maybe, you know, our big stars are getting older, which they are, and, and we won't see many of them, those same stars again in the World Cup or in another Olympics or what have you. But other teams that can compete, and I mean can compete because, you know, not all teams are the same, are no longer taking the pitch and saying, oh my God, we're paying the mighty U.S. women. We, I'm done. We're out. Let's just try and get through this 90 minutes and not be totally embarrassed. So there is now a feeling, and there has been developing for a while, it's not just come as a result of this Olympics, that other programs are improving and getting better and could go toe-to-toe with the U.S. and finding the U.S. team in transition, both in the sort of transiting out of their older players, the development of newer players, and the uh, introduction in of a brand-new coach and brand-new system has presented an opportunity, and I predict this won't be the first time we will see further national teams taking advantage of this opportunity. And that is not a bad thing. Unless you're one of these people that really just enjoy winning for winning's sake and it doesn't matter whether the games are good or the competition is bad or or good or what have you. I would suggest to you the U.S. women have worked miracles, have been absolute rock stars and heroes, not just on the sport and not just on the field over the years, but in growing this game from the grassroots to what it is today, and not even what it is today, what it will be 10 or 15 years in the future. Now, I cannot look you in the eye and say I think the U.S. team will dominate 10 or 15 years in the future. I really don't. I think the more money that comes into the women's game, and by the way, the U.S. not making the medal round of the Olympic is great for that. But that is where they have really, really really gone above and beyond the call of duty. And that is why I am so impressed with what they've done. Forget the equal pay discussion. You know my opinions about that. We've discussed this till we're blue in the face. Does the uh, exiting the Olympics uh, <laughs> with either a bronze medal or no medal or and the men, women, uh, men beating Mexico now twice in two big tournaments go to sort of help them with their equal pay lawsuit? I, I don't think any of that matters, to be fair. You know, you have to look at the women's program like you look at any program. It is a program in transition. And there's always turmoil. There's always difficulty. And that always presents opportunities for others to, as Alex Ferguson said, knock you off your perch.
Will it be the Swedes that are the perennial perch knockers of the U.S. women's national team? Maybe. Will it be the Canadians? Maybe. You know, again, the, the Women's Professional League here in the United States is the Premier League of women's yeah. leagues. It is the league where every top-level female player would like to play. Maybe a few years from now, the Women's Premier League will be better and the Europe and the, the French League and the Italian League and the German League and you know all, all of the leagues in Europe that sort of have affiliated women's teams and the, the, the women's Euros will become the women's Champions League will become more of a thing it's already a thing by the way but I think it's really 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 important first of all not to look at this defeat of the US women as a catastrophe or a calamity uh, it was an inevitability. Because I would suggest to you that if the U.S. women kept winning day in, day out, year in, year out, tournament in, tournament out, uh, there would be a global eye-rolling and lack of interest. You know, we, all, I, we, I always tell you sports are the greatest reality show that there is on television. And it, it, what makes a reality show different is that it's not scripted. So what's not scripted here? Well, what's not scripted is that the U.S. doesn't get to the medal round or to the gold medal round, let's put it that way. Uh, good stuff, folks. Good stuff. S keep your support behind the U.S. women. They're going to rebuild the program. They're going to keep going. You're going to say, be saying goodbye to players like Carly Lloyd and Megan Rapino and all of that, and we'll, I'm sure, see them in a booth somewhere um, commentating. Um, but, you know, that's a good thing. And hopefully we've got lots of quality young players coming through the system, and that's a good thing too. So keep your support out there. Don't get too bummed out. Enjoy it for what it is. And just know we have a whole new sport because this is a new sport. It's a different sport. It's different from the men's game. It's, it's got its own nuances and its own things that really make it shine. Enjoy it. Support it. That's the most important thing you should do. Get out there and support it. All right, I'm Nick Gieber. This is World Soccer Radio. I'm going to take a break and be right back to wrap it up. All right, uh, welcome back to the show, World Soccer Radio, Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM. I'm Nick Eber. Just a programming note. Later this week, I'll be talking to Javier Hernandez from the Barcelona podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, Javier knows everything about Barcelona, and there's a lot of really, really interesting stories there, particularly in light of the fact that we're going to start to see uh, exactly what was in Messi's contract here in the next few weeks. And we have to look and see what the impact of that means on a club that is in some serious, serious financial difficulties uh, that has uh, become dependent on Lionel Messi, yet Messi's aging out. Uh, how does this transition take place? Uh, very, very, very interesting uh, topic and discussion uh, of one of the, about one of the truly great teams uh, of footballing history. We're, of course, talking about 
Barcelona. The Premier League restarting again on the 14th, which is not this Friday, but the following Friday. Uh, it's going to be a great new season. I think we're going to have a lot of teams vying for it. Uh, we're going to talk more about the transfer market. I kind of gave you an update earlier about it. But it's going to be a much more closely contested race than it was last year. One can only hope that this Delta variant of COVID uh, stays under control or gets under control so we don't have to have another lockdown, another season cancellation, because that was just bloody awful for everybody and then resulted in this sort of very weird and accelerated season that we went into that saw Manchester City uh, win the title. And again, I mean, there's so many storylines. Are City going to get back to the final of a Champions League and win it again? Are PSG going to win the Champions League? So many great stories that, you know, we have to get to. Stay tuned right here. World Soccer Radio, Monday through Friday on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I'm with you 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, East each and every weekday. Then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast. I'll chat to you tomorrow, folks. Thanks for staying with me over the last week. Great to be back. Speak to you then. Cheers. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.